One, Forever Alone, is a story-based podcast and is a work of fiction. It is based on the works and narrated by J.A. Larocque. You can find this podcast on Himalaya, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere where your favorite podcasts are found. And now, Chapter 2, Projecting Weakness. My mother was very good at sneaking in on me. I placed a small mirror on my desk so I could see when she stood in my doorway. Forever vigilant, forever nosy. She was another woman in my life that was just looking out for me. I knew she thought there was something wrong with me. It was the way she stared at me as if watching a mental patient behind mirrored glass. Is this what you plan to do all night, Timothy Michael Hayden? There was that lectured tone, and she called me by my full name. I knew what she was going to say next, word for word. How many nights are you going to spend alone in your room? My mother is, was, a school teacher. So along with diagnosing problems with children, she also researched a lot on that laptop of hers. I never understood how a 44-year-old mother of two could spend more time on the internet than I did. Let me guess, Mom. You've been reading that website again. Uh, The one about how online gaming leads to antisocial behavior? She crossed her arms and glared at me. I was not sure if she was more upset about what I said or the fact that I hadn't turned away from my monitor. Don't get smart with me. You know exactly what this is about. Timothy, you're a 20-year-old young man. You should be outside, not cooped up in your room. It's just not healthy, and it's not normal. She had been concerned with healthy and normal since my father was killed. It's quiet. Was quiet. And peaceful in my room, Mom. I don't see what the problem is. Then the problem became visible. My sister, Ashley, was twice as nosy as my mother. At least she had somewhat of an excuse, being 16. Hey, I know you're going to say no, but if you want, you can hang out with me and my friends. Ashley had changed since my father's death. The brightness and youth in her face had faded a little. She was much closer to mom and had been nicer to me. It was as if she was carrying even more on her shoulders than just dealing with dad's death. I could see them both looking at me. They knew I could see them and yet they stared at me as if I couldn't. They acted as if they really needed to watch out for me. It's fine, Ashley. If your brother really wants to waste his youth at the computer, then I guess it's his decision. My mother smiled at Ashley, as if thanking her for the sentiment. Speaking of wasted youth, Ashley, you make sure to be safe tonight, and remember, your curfew is at 11. If you're late again, you will be wasting away in your room for a month. I'm not an expert, but I am a people watcher. 
It amazed me how my mother could switch from a partnership with Ashley, watching over me, to a dominant subordinate relationship when addressing her. I just wanted to extend the offer, and before you ask mom, I hear you. I'll be back on time. I understood that my mother had a reason to be cautious. It was just the three of us, and I knew that being alone without dad was something she never wanted. My mother wasn't done with me just yet. With a gentle tap on her shoulder, Ashley smiled and disappeared from the doorway. My mom walked behind me and sat on the foot of my bed. I couldn't see her through the mirror anymore. When did my children become so smart-alecky? I knew I wouldn't be able to play anymore tonight. My eyes focused back on the monitor, then I saw her. Ashley was standing in the hallway. I could see her shadow cast into the doorway. What was she listening for? There was too much silence. The bed creaked as my mother leaned over towards me. I typed away pretending to be oblivious. Can you even take a moment away from your computer to talk with me? She would always say that we didn't talk, that I was distant. Honestly, that wasn't true. She was the one who spent all day locked away in a room wrapped in whatever she decided to study that day. I am talking to you. It got silent again after I said that. There was nothing else I could do. I had no choice but to turn around and face her. Timothy, you know I only ask these questions because I love you. We've all been through so much, much more than most families will ever go through. It's easy to just tell others and ourselves that we are dealing with it, that we've moved on. You're 20 years old, and up until your father died, you were an outgoing young man. It's not just that you want to spend your nights at home. You seem withdrawn. We used to talk for hours about everything, and lately, you don't want to speak to me or even Ashley. I just wanted to make sure that you're okay. Maybe she was right. Her concerned expression told me she believed everything she said. Perhaps we did talk less, but that was because there was nothing more to say. My mother just looked at me, searching my eyes for something, but I had nothing for her. I can understand if you prefer speaking with someone else beside me, Timothy. Why don't you call up your friends? She finally got a facial response from me. It was annoyance. I leaned back in my chair and looked up at my ceiling fan. The guys are busy. Besides, there's nothing to talk about, Mom. Really, there isn't. We've gone over this before, and I've dealt with this. Dad was killed by a drunk driver. It's as simple as that. You started focusing on whatever research you've been doing to help you deal with it. Ashley holds it inside and tries to support the family. I'm not trying to pretend I didn't have my own issues, but I dealt with that. Sure, I was angry. I hated the man who took him from us. But I realized there was nothing I or any of us could do.
I paused for a moment. Something I said hurt her, but I wasn't sure what it was. We all mourned Dad's death. The sadness, the anger, it was all there. I tried to think of the last time I mentioned Dad being killed and if she had a reaction, but I couldn't remember. I could understand it's still causing her pain for me to mention it. I should have let it be. I know you heard me say it before, Mom. Maybe I'm just different than people you read about on your laptop. Losing Dad like that was the worst thing that has ever happened, but I can't dwell on it because I need to move on. We need to move on. I'm not avoiding it. I think about it every day. When I close my eyes, I can see him, but I still do what I need to do to keep moving forward. Most of the time I'm surrounded by people at work, school, and with Christine and my friends. With all of that, is it so crazy that I just want to spend some time with myself? I didn't even notice my voice had raised and my breathing increased. I turned away from mom upset. Why was she projecting her issues onto me? I could hear her get up from the bed and walk towards the door. I turned to see her standing in the doorway facing out. She looked back at me. The look on her face, it was almost like she failed in something she was trying to tell me. No, there's nothing wrong with that, Timothy. But there's also nothing wrong with asking for help. I want you to know, I still turn to God because He gives me the strength and helps me find answers. When I pray and give myself over to Him, I feel a clarity that allows me to understand myself and the world around me. I won't stop worrying about you, Timothy. It's what mothers do. She forced a smile on her face. I will always make sure my number one son is okay. Comedy is often a defensive mechanism. I've used it many times, when I used to care. I'm fine, Mom. Believe me. She wasn't satisfied, but her offense couldn't get past my defense. I knew she would try again later. She stepped into the hallway as I sat back down at my desk, then spun around and called out to her. Oh, and Mom? I'm your only son, so of course I'm number one. I returned a forced smile. She slowly closed her eyes as if what I said had hurt her, but that was impossible. I said nothing hurtful. It felt as if her eyes were closed forever. When they finally opened, she looked as if she was going to cry. I felt the urge to get up and comfort her when she turned and stepped out of sight. I could have went after her. I didn't. I turned back to my monitor and just stared at the screen. My mind was telling me that I should have talked to her, not about my issue, but about hers. She really doesn't get it, does she? I had forgotten that Ashley was listening. She complains that you spend too much time on your computer, and right now she's in her room talking to Aunt Jackie, typing away on her laptop. 
I ignored her, hoping she would go away. When she entered my room, I wanted to turn around and ask her why she was listening in. Ashley knew about the mirrors as well and walked behind me, pushing the back of my chair. You don't have to be a jerk. I'm not the one bothering you. That statement gave me a chuckle. I spun my chair around and looked at her. Oh, you're not? Ashley looked more and more like mom every day. She even tied her hair just like mom did when she went off to school. It made me think about how much has changed in the year since my father's death. What do you want, Ashley? Why all this sudden interest in me? A few months ago, you were in your own little world and now you want to spend Friday nights with me? There was another facial expression that I had seen more recently. Whenever I talked about the recent past or something that happened a few months ago, they would both look at me with shock and surprise. They had been getting better at hiding it, but I was getting better at seeing it. I tried my best to ignore it and did the same that night. Ashley sat down in the same spot mom was and looked up at me. I thought she was going to lecture me now. I overheard your conversation with mom. You were right about me. After dad died, I did keep everything bottled in. She stopped and looked towards the ground. This wasn't about me. She had something on her mind that was bothering her. What is it, Ashley? She looked up at me. Life was hard before all of this. You may be lucky enough to be able to deal with it, but mom and I aren't like you. I was right. They were projecting. They had trouble dealing with their own issues, and so they put them on me. I crossed my arms in arrogance. It's not luck. Why would you not be able to deal or adapt? What do we accomplish by thinking about it over and over? Nothing. All we do is focus on something we cannot change. We waste our time searching for answers we will never find. When a tragedy happens, people either adapt or they collapse. Some become advocates, like that girl whose sister fell onto the elevated train tracks. She didn't even die, but now she spends all her waking moments speaking out about rail safety. Tell me, really, what is she accomplishing? What if it isn't about accomplishing something, Timothy? Maybe for her it's a way to make a tragic situation have some meaning. It's possible she does it to help her deal with it, to help her heal. Ashley didn't or couldn't understand. I couldn't help but shake my head in disagreement. That isn't dealing with it, and she isn't healing. I wanted to go after the man who killed Dad, but both of you convinced me to let it go. Even Aunt Jackie told me to let it go, and she's always going on about some legal case she is working on. In the end, though, all of you were right. I had to deal with the problems myself and work them out from within. You can't look to others to solve your own problems, even if they were directly involved. Ashley's face grimaced when I mentioned the man who killed Dad. It was no secret that the subject still bothered her, just like it did Mom. 
but I had seen her talk about dad before. It seemed like she only looked that way when I specifically talked about it. Perhaps I was too blunt when talking to her. She was a teenager after all. Ashley's eyes went down to the floor. A visible wave of sadness washed over her face. Sometimes, even when you believe you have come to terms with something terrible that has happened to you, or something you've done, she paused and looked up into my eyes. When you're all alone, and the only voice you can hear is your own, you find out the truth about yourself. Her eyes told me that maybe she did understand after all. Ashley had withdrawn a bit herself. Like me, she understood that sometimes to heal, you need to be alone. She was just trying to get me to add on my thoughts to help her with hers. That's exactly right, Ashley, I said, turning back towards my computer. That's what I need right now, to be alone. I didn't mean to be so cold to her, but she needed to work through her own problems. The silence returned. I couldn't tell if Ashley was still there until I felt the tips of her fingers brush against my shoulder before she turned and left the room. The room was now silent again, and it was a silence I wanted. That was until my mind started racing with all kinds of thoughts. Emotional baggage. That's all that this was. You can love, grieve, and then move on. That's what anyone will tell you to do. But when you actually do it, then there's something wrong. You're holding something back. I couldn't sit at the desk anymore. I pushed my chair away from me and slammed my bedroom door in frustration. I didn't notice that I'd left my patio door cracked open. I stepped onto the balcony. The cold breeze from the lake brought me some comfort. This was the best time for me. Standing out there, listening to the wind, ignoring the irritating sounds of people scurrying below me. The night was so beautiful. I never wore my feelings like a coat, but it didn't mean I didn't love my father. I felt the same way they all did. I knew Dad would understand me. Besides the night sky, looking across to the dark waters of Lake Michigan brought me peace. I wished I could be there. Everything was ruined. I couldn't even fully enjoy the tranquility of the night. I left the balcony, closing the door behind me and crashing down onto my bed. The monitor flickered going into sleep mode. Now only the moon casted its light into my room. They just couldn't leave me alone. If only they could understand that for me, there are far too many issues to deal with in the present to continue dwelling on the past. If only there was a way to let them know, to let me be, without causing them to worry about me even more. I didn't want to think about it anymore. About anything anymore. My eyes felt heavy. Sleep would give me some time to myself. 
True darkness. True solitude. However, like everything, it is fleeting. Daylight was just around the corner. Next time, chapter three.